Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you today? I'm great, Peggy. How are you doing? I am doing well. I am cold in Virginia, and you are warm in Florida, correct? Warmer. Warmer. Um, Yes, everyone here is losing their minds because it's really, really cold, which means it's like 60 to 65 degrees. Yeah, it's it's like 12 here, I think. Yeah, that's really cold. That's legitimately cold. It's it's not legitimately cold here. It's just it's cold for it's cold for Orlando, but it is uh, the weather was lovely today. Do you want to tell people real quick why you're in Orlando? Sure, I'm happy to do that. The reason, Peggy, I'm in Orlando is because it is the annual meeting for the American Academy of Orthotists and Prosthetists. So I am here uh, for that ONP profession event. Um, it, the, uh, the Academy, for those of you who don't remember, our podcast called Alphabet Soup. Uh, and if you haven't listened to it, you can go back and listen and we talk about them in more detail. But effectively, the Academy is really the, kind of the research arm of the O&P organizations. Uh, they're very focused on clinical research. So this is a, um, a very uh, research-specific kind of event. All right. And you were there for the week, correct? I am. I got in yesterday, Tuesday. I'll be here for a few more days. It has been a really good first day. I will tell you, Peggy, that I actually I ran into one, actually several of our old uh, interviewee, amped interviewees, uh, including um, former NAAOP fellow, the inaugural NAAOP fellow, Nicole Verkylan. Oh, does she have anything going on? She sure does. Funny you should ask. So I, uh, if for those of you who listen to Nicole's podcast, um, Nicole has been working to raise awareness around the issue of inadequate access to prosthetic components. And she actually gave a group that I was a part of a sneak preview of her soon to be widely, uh, widely available, I think, documentary about her 1500 mile journey from Seattle down to San Diego um, and um, really did a nice job of, of highlighting uh, the, the issues uh, relating to access, particularly around activity specific prostheses. What is the name of her, of her documentary? Do you remember? I don't remember the name of the actual documentary, but if you're interested in finding out more about it, you can visit uh, her website, which is foreststump.org. I believe that's F-O-R-R-E-S-T, stump, S-T-U-M-P.org. Clever. All right. So I will definitely check that out because I have not seen it. Um, I do follow her on Facebook, so I know that it's been in the works for a while. So I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, um, it's 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 a really good, high quality documentary. Lots of interesting stuff in it, and um, you know, I, I I think I think she announced today. In fact, I don't think I know she announced today that it actually got accepted at a film festival for consideration in the best uh, documentary category. So she was very excited about that. And like I said, I think it's going to be uh, moving towards more widespread distribution in the future. Very exciting. 
anytime we can get limb loss issues out there, I think it only serves to benefit the community. I would agree with that assessment. So, which kind of leads us into our topic today. Um, last week, or no, earlier this week, sorry, um, Amplitude Magazine, the new issue came out. And in, in it, there was a fabulous article about advocacy by Emily Diggs. Um, and it dealt with uh, advocacy after the midterms in particular. And she interviewed a lot of people who have been on AMP, a lot of friends of, of AMP. And uh, somehow we ended up in the mix of interviewees as well. That's right. They interviewed lots of experts and us. That's right. It was kind of fun. It was. And I think that that's what what got me the most excited when I was reading the article, which is which is a really solid, well-written piece of journalism. Um, the fact that that I was included among the, the caliber of people who were interviewed. I'm talking Peter Thomas. I'm talking John Kemp. I'm talking Tammy Duckworth. I'm talking Dave McGill. And then and Peggy Chenoweth. I was like, whoa, it's kind of a little mind blowing. Oh, stop it. You hold your <laughs> ground perfectly well with those experts. But it, it was good. So we kind of want to um, talk a little bit about that article. And then at the end, there's going to be a drum roll. And we have some very, very exciting news to announce. Cool. So we're going to dive in. I the, the drum way- roll, didn't I? I was actually, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at the, uh, the software that we use to record this and trying to figure out where the, uh, where the sound that is definitely not a drum roll, but that we use for every major announcement is to make sure that I have it ready. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll screw it up somehow, but in any event, why don't we walk through the article, Peggy? And I think the easiest way to do it is to go through it person by person, expert by expert, because that's kind of how the article ended up. Uh, breaking out the content, and each person spoke about distinct things. Right. So why don't you take Peter, since you spent your day with him? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so the the first person who spoke was Peter Thomas. For those of you who uh, don't know about Peter or his background, go listen to Amped episode 72, because we did a full uh, full discussion with him, and he's a really fascinating guy. Um, interesting background, a longtime advocate for the disability community as a whole, and specifically for the limb loss, limb difference community. And um, the key thing that he identified as he was looking at sort of what are the key post-election advocacy um, touch points or potential flashpoints was saying, watch federal regulations. It's not going to be so much legislation. Repeal and replace is going to be dead, presumably for the next two years with the House Uh, now under democratic control. But he said federal regulation is the key area to watch. And he specifically talked about, and I think this was a subject that you and I may have discussed in a previous podcast. I know we mentioned it um, in in a historical weekly newsletter at some point. Uh, The fact that states have been given much wider latitude uh, over the last few months in terms of how they choose to dispense federal health insurance subsidy dollars. 
so uh, under the Affordable Care Act, the way states could use those subsidy dollars was quite limited. And it really, the primary purpose of those subsidies, and maybe the only real purpose of them, was to help offset the costs of buying plans on the exchanges. And this is obviously really, really important for people in our community, Peggy, who um, are, they don't have insurance through work. They uh, make too much to qualify for Medicaid and they don't qualify for Medicare. So the exchange is the only place where they can go to get insurance. And those subsidies go a long way towards offsetting the costs of insurance premiums. And uh, the point Peter was making in the article was that with the states being given more latitude in terms of how they dispense this, um, this could result in states um, permitting the sale of limited duration i.e. short-term insurance plans, with radically reduced coverage. And this would all fall outside of the Affordable Care Act. So what's the benefit of these plans? Well, they cost a lot less. But this is the classic example of you get what you pay for. Um, You may not, for example, if you purchased one of those plans, you might not have a plan that covered pre-existing conditions. And so you would hope you'd file your claim for prosthetics and then find out, well, there's no coverage for that because your amputation and prior care constitutes a pre-existing condition. So the bottom line out of all of this and sort of Peter's central conclusion was the Affordable Care Act is still the law, but how it's actually implemented now on a state-by-state level, you could see more variability than you did historically. So watching how these federal regulations impact uh, how uh, how coverage is, is offered on a state-by-state basis is something to keep your eye on. All right. Um, next interviewee in the article was uh, Tammy Duckworth from Illinois. The, she's a senator now, correct? She was a... Yes, she is. Yes. Yes, she is. Um, senator Tammy Duckworth from Illinois. And she um, addressed... She is currently addressing fighting the ADA Education and Reform Act, which we actually discussed in length in episode 67. Um, And this act, if you remember, actually provided businesses a longer amount of time to respond to ADA complaints. And we kind of broke down all of the what ifs and logistics and things in episode 67. So if you want to go back and listen about that issue, uh, we encourage you to do so. The bill was rejected by the Senate in 2018, but it did pass the House. And Senator Duckworth has introduced a bill to ensure that it does not become a law in the future, that businesses do not have the extended time because theoretically then they could keep pushing it off, pushing it off. And then the, the disability community as a whole is, is kind of stuck in this limbo where they don't have access to buildings and the same things. And basically it, it makes it so that the ADA is not enforced while everything is, is, while they're given extra time to kind of become compliant. Um, and ultimately, it's the community that suffers when that happens. Um, she's yeah, also... Peggy, one- I'm sorry, if I can just jump in here for one second. And it, it, when we spoke about this in episode 67, the, the important thing to recognize is this wasn't Congress saying we're trying to, uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, prevent amp- people with disabilities from being able to have rights under the ADA. They weren't trying to roll back the ADA per se. This was actually a piece of legislation that was designed to try to curb abusive litigation practices 
by attorneys who file essentially what are called drive-by lawsuits. They were just simply driving by facilities looking for ADA noncompliance, and then they sue the the business that's not compliant and essentially extort settlements out of them. Um, and our point on this was always that um, – we're not in favor of abusive litigation practices, but the solution can't be to deprive people with disabilities of basic rights under the ADA. There has to be a different way to go and attack that. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying. Um, she's also working to increase Medicare coverage for amputees and has just introduced legislation to improve accessibility in fitness facilities. Uh, so those are kind of the talking points from her part of the article. Yeah. And that then brings us to our good friend, John Kemp. Um, and if you want to learn more about John, and if you haven't, again, if you haven't listened, go to episode 33. John is a fascinating guy and a remarkable person who uh, has has um, grown up with limb loss and just done some amazing work both professionally and personally. And his stories were really interesting um, for you and me to listen to and to learn from him. Um, John does a lot of work in his current role with cross-disability coalitions. And so he's uh, focused in particular on working with the Consortium for Citizens with Disabilities, the American Association of People with Disabilities, and the ITEM Coalition. So that's where a lot of his advocacy work is focused um, both historically and as we go into 2019. And he identified two key areas of concern uh, that he thinks are really important uh, as we go into 2019 and beyond. The first is accessible information communication technology, uh, generally known as ICT, information and communication technology. Um, and this is about making sure that people with disabilities uh, can access information in an appropriate, um, easy way so that they have the same access to information that uh, able-bodied individuals do. Um, he also is very focused on the issue of transportation and how do we improve transportation for people with limb loss, limb difference, and other disabilities. And um, for those of you who um, might say, well, you know, how big a deal is transportation? Um, the answer is very big. Go check out the Amped Amputee Bill of Rights on our website and uh, you will see that transportation is one of the fundamental rights that we flagged in the crowdsourced amputee bill of rights. So um, John's very focused on uh, broader issues that have an enormous impact on uh, all people with disabilities and uh, certainly things that we, uh, we should want to see further improvements in. Awesome. Uh, so overall, Dave, it's a, a fabulous article. You can read it online, livingwithamplitude.com. We've also shared it through our social networks, and we put a link on our community page, ampedlife.com, if you would like to join our, our thriving community off of social media where you can connect with other people in the limb loss, limb difference community. All right. So, Peggy, that brings us to the big, total, unconnected to everything we've just discussed for the last 15 minutes announcement. Yes. Um, and I suppose I should be playing um, something that signals that this is really important. Absolutely. Team me up. All right. Here we go. 
every Spring time training. that ma- every time that <laughs> makes me laugh. All right. Um, so after a lot of paperwork and a lot of back and forth and more time than we care to admit, Amped has finally obtained 501c3 nonprofit status. It's remarkable. I know. You know, we we did submit the paperwork quite a while ago, but then the whole government shutdown really our paperwork we think was sitting in a pile on somebody's desk and nothing was happening with it. So we had hoped that this would have been done earlier. It wasn't, but it's done now. So we're celebrating that. Um, what does that mean for the community? Not a whole lot right now. Um, but we wanted to let you know that we are now a bona fide nonprofit. Yeah. And one of the things, Peggy, that you and I always spoke about when we started AMPS, and now we're going to walk back through the mists of time here a little bit, but we took our responsibility very seriously not to ask the community for overt financial support until we had demonstrated that we could bring items of value to the community. Um, And this was a discussion you and I had long before we built the original website and really started, uh, really started what I would call the modern version of Amped. And, um, you know, it's, it's gratifying that we've gotten to where we are today, but we still take that responsibility really, really seriously. And, um, you know, our default setting is not now we're a 501c3 and just give us money. Um, we, we have to earn that every day, every month, every quarter, every year moving forward. And, um, you know, this is something that we will probably come back and have discussions with the community about in the future. But as Peggy said, right now, what does that mean? Not much. Um, but it's very exciting to have that status because it certainly opens up some doors for us as we focus on projects in the future and, and how we want to fund them. Yes. So Dave, I want to thank you because you really took the lead on getting this done for AMP. So thank you very much. And you put up with my, you know, probably more than I care to mention texts and nudges and anxious phone calls about where we were in, in the process. Um, thank you for being patient. Thank you for handling the paperwork. Thank you for, for getting this done. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. You didn't have to thank me and, the texts and the phone calls were not at all annoying because you made sure that we stayed on track. That's why we, I think, actually work pretty well together. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm very, very excited. This has been um, a goal of mine for a very long time. Um, so, yeah, so we're now a nonprofit. I feel like, you know, we became official when we did the website, and then we actually became really official when we got the beautiful new website from Origin Media, and now we have our nonprofit, so I feel like we just keep growing and growing and growing, and it's it's really exciting to be part of this. Sure is. It sure is. And as, as we sometimes say in our weekly newsletters, um, and if you haven't signed up for our weekly newsletters, do that. You can go to our website, www.ampedlife.org, and you can subscribe to our newsletter there. Um, but as we say in each of in those newsletters from time to time, and it may sound a little awkward or stilted, but we say it really is an honor to serve this community. And it is. I mean, we we take this responsibility very seriously. And it's 
it's so much fun for us and so much a part of our lives. And we cannot thank the community enough for their support and their input and their guidance as we try to develop uh, concepts, services, tools for the community so that we can all live the most productive, happy, uh, fulfilling lives that we can. Yes. So we're moving in the right direction. All we'll right, get Dave. there. We'll, some, well, there'll be an endpoint someday. We'll get there. <laughs> I hope so. I don't want to get to an endpoint. I'm enjoying the journey. Mm. That's a better conclusion than mine. Yeah. I did I a like very that. poor job of I did a very poor job of trying to wrap up this podcast. Yeah. I will let you do it instead. All right. I'm good at that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy Florida. Thank and, you. And um, I will try to stay warm in Virginia and we'll talk soon. Looking forward to it, Peggy. Have a good week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.